0: Happy holidays, nurturing parents. We hope that you've been having a lovely holiday season with your families, and we also hope that your littles have been having an amazing time and experience with you guys as well and just experiencing more family time. Maybe you guys are home for the holidays, so we thought this was the perfect time to have this conversation, and it's really I think one of my favorite conversations. This might be one of my top three episodes. So I'm so excited to have you here with us because in today's episode, you will understand why punishment, rewards, and threats aren't working. And that's why we have to constantly use them because if they worked, we wouldn't have to do it all the time. And this is a question I constantly asked myself so finally I thought let me bring it to Emma and let me tell you she lays it out so beautifully in this episode that you're gonna leave this episode really understanding why it's not working and what we can do instead. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Are you ready? Let's get into it.
1: Hey mama welcome to the Nurturing Parent Podcast. Do you want to end the constant battles for bath time? Do you find yourself emotionally exhausted at the end of the day? Do you wake up with big hopes for a smooth day of fun with your little ones, only to face an early morning meltdown because you peeled their banana the wrong way? Filly you. Really, you.
0: Hey, I'm Serena. I'm a mama of two little ones. And as a new mama, I constantly questioned myself. I wanted to make sure I was raising respectful kids while also building a strong bond with them. But I discovered that I had to unlearn my ideas that punishment was the way. With Amalisa's encouragement, I've been practicing a respectful and gentle parenting approach, which is strengthening our bond as a family.
1: And hi, I'm Amalisa. Amma means grandmother in Icelandic. I am a mama and an Amma. And I have over 40 years of experience in childcare and parent coaching. And I am so excited to share the knowledge I've gained over these years with you.
0: Together in this podcast, each week, we will explore some easy to implement skills you can add to your parenting tool belt to help you create a happy, thriving family. So I recently heard about this punishment and reward parenting style. And it caught my interest because I just always thought if punishment did work, then why do people have to punish their kids over and over again? Like mm-hmm. if punishment
1: was effective,
0: effective, yeah, you would punish yeah. them and they would learn.
1: Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I think this is a really good topic again for this time of year, because there's so much going on around the holiday season everybody's energies are heightened and stressed. The parents' energies, the children's energies. There's so much extra stimulation everywhere. And there are a lot of threats. You know, if you don't do such and such, you will not get such and such. Like you won't get the toys or Santa won't come, all those things. Let's put in the show notes, the other episodes that we have regarding- the Santa threat was one last year and the rewards idea is a whole episode that we did, but we wanted to bring this topic back um, and really look at why punishment doesn't work. And I love how you said that Serena, how if punishment worked, you would punish the child, they would learn and then they wouldn't do it again, but it's not working. If you have to repeat it over and over again, it's not working. So, A foundation to this whole conversation about what to do when our child is acting out. The foundation is that we, the adults, need to know, we need to understand that disruptive behavior comes from a lack of what we call executive functioning abilities. That's brain science language. Executive functioning means. That you're able to think and choose and then act. Okay. Emotional regulation and impulse control are either not yet developed or the child is under duress or stress, and it could be excitement, stress. Again, we've talked about that before, but excitement is a form of stress for us. And they are lacking the ability to control themselves, to regulate those emotions. It's brain development. We talk a lot about that prefrontal cortex. It's not fully developed. That's where executive functioning lives. And in a toddler, it's hardly developed at all. They're just beginning. So getting angry, threatening, punishing, offering rewards as a way of getting a child to do what you want is not addressing the fact that they do not have the brain capacity, the brain development to do or act as we would want them to. So that's the underlying. That's the underlying information that we, I love that brain science is starting to have us all have that um, information available now. It used to be just those of us who were studying child psychology and development. It's available for all of us. It's such a gift to you parents. (laughs) 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 So um, one of the problems with just briefly, one of the problems with threats um, is that it often is completely what, what the threat is, is often completely unrelated to the problem behavior. You mentioned being sent to your room, having a special privilege taken away. If you're making a mess of the place and your parent is asking you to tidy up the mess and you just keep making more of a mess... What has that got to do with not having ice cream for dessert or not getting an hour of screen time today or whatever that threat might be, right? And a child's brain is very logic. It follows logic. It wants to follow logic. So it's very confusing when there is a completely unrelated threat that's thrown at them. So, the tricky thing about punishment itself is that it can look like it's working in the immediate. You can control the behavior sometimes, especially when they're young and small. But remember, those young and small people are going to get big and some of them will get bigger than you when they're still under living under your roof. (laughs) My, my 17 year old grandson has been towering over his mom for three or four years now. (laughs) (laughs) So what I want to look at is punishment at what cost? So the whole threats rewards punishment model at what cost? Number one, punishment, threats, and rewards teach a child to look outside of themselves to see if their behavior is, quote, good or not, to see if it's acceptable or not. It's external motivation. What discipline means, the Latin root word for discipline is disciplina. It means learning we are not a child's judge or jury or jail keeper. We are actually their teachers. We are teaching them by example and by our expectations, what, how it is that it will work in our world, right? Our, Our boundaries that work in our family, all those things. So if a child is, is looking for X is learning external motivation for being good, quote unquote, because I don't believe in the good boy, bad boy, good girl, bad girl, but it doesn't allow them to develop what they will need in life when they're adults of internal motivation to do the right thing.
0: That's one of my new favorite words since I've learned it here.
1: Intrinsic motivation, (laughs) intrinsic motivation, Serena, you got it. Yes. And that's our aim is the intrinsic motivation. And I will say that when a child feels connected to you, they will want to do what needs to be done much more readily and more often. So the other punishment problem is that it erodes that connection. So that's twofold, right? That it, it teaches them external motivation. Oh, what am I doing? Am I doing good? Am I doing bad? What am I doing? And it erodes the connection and they will act out more because that connection is broken or, you know, not solid, when the connection is solid, I promise you your child will want to do the good thing. They will want to do what's needed. Not every single time, but let's face it. As an adult, do you always put your dirty laundry in your laundry basket? Do you always do your dishes immediately when they get dirty? No, we don't. Do we have higher expectations for our toddler's than we do for ourselves or our partners. Yeah, I was going to say it. Or our partners. (laughs) Most people have higher expectations for the tiniest humans around us. And I would venture to say that's because we're bigger and stronger and smarter, or so we think, and we can make them do what we want them to do. But at what cost? Punishment, rewards, and threats, punishment, punishment, punishment can lead to sneaky and devious behaviors. So not only are they looking to see if you're watching, because then they'll do what they know they should be doing. But when you're not watching, uh -uh, they're going to try and get away with something. (laughs) And that's, again, because the connection's broken. Punishment erodes connection. Threats and bribery erode connection. Okay. I mean, I'm hoping that you don't talk to your significant other with threats and bribery to get them to do, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, some people might, but it's not a healthy relationship style, you know. If you don't pick up those dirty socks in the morning, I'm not going to wash them
2: anymore.
1: (laughs) Right? It doesn't, it's not really conducive for long term happy matrimony. Yeah. Right? Yep. (laughs) Not conducive to long term healthy relationships, period. Another problem with the punishment, threats, and rewards model is it's fear motivated. And that's sad to me that a child would choose how to behave out of fear of some consequence that might be dealt to them. Even if it's not corporal punishment, which we talked about with spanking or otherwise, you know, physically hurting a child, even just threats of the fear of some beloved, um, toy or or some beloved activity being taken away that kind of fear is a is a, a terrible terrible way to quote unquote inspire a child to act a certain way and really it teaches children to be people pleasers this punishment um, style so the whole idea of them looking uh, outside of themselves for motivation, that can be really problematic when the, that child grows up and gets into relationships. If they're looking to their partner to see if they're do being a good partner and that partner is manipulative, that can lead to down really dark roads, you know? So, um, And the last thing I wanted to say about why it doesn't work is that punishment doesn't help a child to learn what we do want them to do, what behaviors we do need them to learn. It just attacks what we don't want and focuses on what we don't want and how bad it is but it doesn't give them the alternative of what we do want. Right. So there again comes in this disciplina Latin for us being the teacher. We need to give them what they can do. And we've talked about that in other episodes as well. But I want you to think about when your child is acting out are you getting triggered? Yes, probably you are. Because that disruptive behavior can push your buttons like nothing else on the planet. Oh, yeah. Right? And are you taking it personally? Oh, this kid is just trying to get me. This kid is just trying to make me crazy. This kid is giving me gray hairs this kid is driving me insane. You're taking it personally. You need to stop. Just stop. (laughs) It's not going to be that easy. But we have also talked about regulating yourself when you feel triggered. Is your heart racing? Is your breathing getting either you're tightening your chest or you're breathing shallower, you know, notice yourself. Notice if you want to yell at that child. Notice if you want to threaten or suggest a reward that could come. Notice if you want to punish. And then notice that what's actually needed is for you to regulate yourself in that moment. The problem with the punishment model is that it is reactive. It's a knee-jerk reaction. Reaction. Whereas what we want to do, and this is where our learning and growth and development come in when (laughs) we become parents, which nobody told you that was part of the deal, right, Um, is we want to aim for being accountable for our responses, to being accountable for what, how we choose to respond at any given moment. And I'm not saying this is going to come super easily. Most of us didn't grow up with this model. Yeah,
0: that's why we don't know how to do it.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And all those little bits that you can do that help to break that cycle are really going to help the next generation. When your child becomes a parent, they will have less of this undoing, hopefully to do, than you're doing now because you're choosing new ways of being with them. So anything that you can think of there, Mama Serena, that parents could do instead of the threats, punishments and rewards model, what are things that are working for you in your world with all of this nurturing parent information that you have now?
0: Well, one has just been understanding that they're not developed enough to regulate themselves and just understanding that helps me not take it personal when they are having a tantrum and just I'm struggling and I think that they just want to give me a hard time, but they're having a hard time. And yes. So the other part of that is also after meditating, I think that really just and I don't meditate much anymore, but knowing that practice and taking a deep breath and just thinking about your breaths and not going into that whirlwind of the world is against me right now because everything's not working out for me when you're struggling with a toddler that's throwing a crazy <laughs> tantrum yeah um
1: yes and think about things you can do to regulate yourself sometimes it's hard to remember to breathe because that just seems like duh <laughs> but you know if you feel that angst, and you come up, and you're going to react, and you love to dance, put the music on, don't even say anything to the toddler, just go click your phone, put your music on, turn it up as loud as you can and dance. And get that gets you into your body and into this moment. And out of that amygdala, that reactionary brain, and into your physical being which allows you to come into that prefrontal cortex and go, Oh, my child needs their nap. I don't need to yell. I need to support them in getting to bed right now. Yeah. Right. So a dance break can be really great acknowledging their feelings. I always come back to this one, you guys. I get that you're upset. And I know that you didn't want to have to go for your nap right now. You wanted to keep playing. And I'm just going to scoop you up and hold you close and snuggle you all the way to bed. And I'm sorry that you feel so upset right now. And I know how upset you are all the way to the bedroom. I will know how upset you are. And it's okay. It's okay to be upset sometimes. So just acknowledge, just acknowledge and give them the sense that you've got them. It's, you know, going from punishment and threats to holding them and acknowledging their feelings might be a huge leap for some of you. I get that. And the more often you can do this, the more often, I mean, for me as an adult, to have a friend or a partner say, I've got you, it can still bring me to tears of gratitude. And I'm, you know, I'm not a young adult. <laughs> it can still get me when I feel heard, when I feel understood, when I feel like somebody's got my back, when I feel like somebody's on my team that's who we want to be for our children. Offering choices is another really simple tool that we talk about quite often. Do you want to jump like a kangaroo into the bedroom? Or do you want to zoom like a rocket ship and I'll carry you and you can be the rocket ship? So giving them some simple choices in that moment anything else?
0: I love all of those and I practice all of them with my kids and I think that it really honestly these past few weeks every morning I wake up and I look at my kids and they wake up smiling there's no arguments in the morning there's never like they always wake up happy we have a nice morning routine then they like going on the bus sometimes so sometimes we'll just take the bus for fun And even though it's freezing outside, we'll just (laughs) bundle up and make it an adventure. And I've also noticed just waking up earlier and making sure I have enough time so that I'm not rushing them. Nice. I wake up every morning and I know I'm not scared of a battle. I know it's going to be a nice morning with my kids. And I've just felt so grateful for that. It's being able to not react and everything that we just spoke about. So
1: that makes my Amma heart so happy to hear (laughs) (laughs) this work works you guys. And the last tool that I thought of while you were saying all of that, that I want to give you a reminder of for this holiday season, which is so much more chaotic than your regular chaotic lives pre paving. Yeah. Pre-pave if you're going to visit some family, if you're going to have a big dinner together, if you're going to sit on Santa's knee, whatever it is, pre-pave for your child so they know what to expect, especially the younger toddlers who this is all pretty new for. Okay? So pre-paving is your friend. We have lots of episodes that talk about pre-paving so there we go I hope that's really helpful Um, I know that this time of year can be overwhelming for our children and for us parents it's overwhelming for the grandparents sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and I just wanted to we wanted to really give you some extra support in how to wake up with those happy mornings like Serena's just told us she is so well done you mama And if any of you are still struggling with this out there, send us a message or an email and uh, let us know, and we'll see what we can do to support you. We love you, and we wish you much happiness and joy.
0: All right. We got a lot of jumps here. (laughs) Like I said, this was one of my favorite conversations I've ever had with Amma. I just felt like... Punishment does seem like it does work in that very moment. It's a great, I love to control things. Punishment, rewards, and threats are such an easy way to take control of the situation with your kids. But one thing that my kids have taught me is that I cannot control anybody but myself. And so let me dive into my five gems from this week's episode. Number one is That it can look like it's working. It may work in the short term. But what are we actually doing? Alma says eroding connection. And that when we feel disconnected, we will act out more. And so if your kid's acting out more and you're punishing them, you're probably going to be punishing them more. Which is then going to erode the connection even more and keep this cycle going. Which was A great explanation to my question, if punishment worked, why do we have to do it all the time? And as we've concluded, it does not work. Number two is that disruptive behavior also comes from the inability to have emotional regulation and impulse control. And that's one of the things that I said was the most transformative in my relationship with my kids is... Just understanding that when they're going through a tantrum, it's because they cannot control their emotions. I can, so I need to teach them how they can do that. Just like Wise Emma says, that discipline is teaching our kids. I used to think discipline was hitting. I literally thought discipline meant to hit your kids. But what it actually means is to teach. And the best way that we can teach our kids is by example and by telling them what our expectations are. We've mentioned this many times when we say, talk to your babies, we have an episode on that. Just always telling them and explaining to them what's going on. And also in that explaining, you might even realize that the fight that you're about to get into really is not worth the fight. I always go back to my daughter's Play-Doh. Whenever she's about to take her Play-Doh somewhere, I don't want it to go. As long as it's safe, it really doesn't matter. If she wants to keep it in a container for the walk, okay. If she wants to put it in her cups and all her little toys in her kitchen, and then the Play-Doh ends up everywhere, that's not okay. And so, if I'm going to explain to her, look, we can't take the Play-Doh on our walk because, I don't know, oh, you know what? Actually, we can take the Play-Doh on the walk. It's fine. It's not in your toys. It's not going to get everywhere. It's not somewhere the baby can get to it. Um, yeah, that's fine. You can take it. Also, part of that is letting go of your ego because, like I said, it's about that control. But if we can understand that they literally cannot control themselves, let me step in and help. And so number three is letting them feel like you are on their team. One way I do this and one way Alma uh, mentioned is offering choices. This is what I do every morning. So I try not to overwhelm her, but I know it's something that truly empowers her. So depending on the morning, sometimes I'll grab two of her favorite shirts and say, which one would you like? Sometimes it will be her shoes. Sometimes it will be a breakfast choice. Or even a big decision like, how do you want to get to school today? Do you want to take the car? Do you want to take the bus? Or do you want to go for a nice long walk this morning? And if I'm offering that choice, it's because I planned out ahead of time and I know she's going to always take the bus. (laughs) So that was already part of the plan. And that's the only time I'll ask that question is when I'm ready to respect her answer. And then another way you can help them feel like you're on their team is by not rushing them and making sure we have ample time to get out the door. Because if we're late, that's my fault. Number four is don't take it personal. Maybe they're having an off moment. And this helps me with life. When I'm at a cash register, when I'm walking past somebody, they bump into me in traffic, Don't take it personal. Everybody has their own issues that they're dealing with. Your kid, whether you believe it or not, is struggling with their own issues, which they do have. They can't communicate all their wants and needs and it's frustrating. So don't take it personal. They love you. You are their favorite and they always want you. So don't take it personal. And number five is notice what you are about to do. Are you about to punish? Are you about to say, go in your room? Go sit in that corner. Go stare at that wall. You want ba? Are you about to threaten? I'm not going to give you any more TV. No more TV time. You're not going to watch any more TV. I'm going to turn off the TV right now. You're not going to be able to play. Or are you going to reward them? Come put your clothes on and I'll give you an ice cream. Come on. You'll have ice cream later. I'll get you an ice cream. I'll give you a chocolate. You want a candy? Okay. So those things do not work. Okay. And what we can be doing instead is letting them know that we are on their team, showing them and telling them what we expect of them and always giving them lots of love. Okay. I kind of rambled on, but I loved this conversation We hope you loved it too. We want to wish you a happy new year. And if you are home this week, we hope that you can practice the tools. We hope that you stop, take that moment to notice what you're about to do. Practice on regulating yourselves and really, really, really get to enjoy some good, happy, quality, cuddly time together with your littles. Happy new year. We'll see you in 2024. Take care, parents.
2: I want to sing with you. I want to dance with you. I want to laugh with you. Oh, how I love to be with you. Aya, 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 aya. Aya, aya, I I do. Aya, 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 aya. Aya, aya, I do. Such a short time we've been together. Seems like a lifetime or two. Never knew I could love.